My name is Brent Feldman, and welcome to another episode of Mix and Matchbox. Today, I am joined by Jill Gaynor. She is the Director of Marketing at the AAO and a board member of 314 Digital. Uh, how are you doing, Jill? Hi, Brent. Thanks so much for having me. I am doing great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate it. Looking forward to jumping right into all the questions. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I guess... You know, I guess in the, you know, kind of to start us off here, uh, how did you get into marketing and, uh, and and really what led you to kind of like, you know, start your business? Yeah. So um, interestingly enough, I went to UMSL to study English and I believe that I was going to teach the great Gatsby and read Yates to high school students and I was going to be the next great American novelist. Um, and I, then I realized I would never make any money being a teacher. Um, so uh, after college, I started as a receptionist at an advertising agency, a little teeny tiny ad agency in St. Louis. And I learned how to buy media by hand. So like for some younger people who are so used to having computers do everything for them, it shoots out what the reach and frequency and everything is. I was actually with a Nielsen book and a ruler and a highlighter and a calculator and, you know, figuring out um, kind of how to buy it by hand. But in you know, in all honesty, there were only three TV stations at the time, you know, 20 radio stations, some billboards and some magazines and newspapers. So it was a lot easier than the than the landscape that we have today. Um, so over the course of my career, though, I felt it'd be more valuable. And this is something that I would tell anybody um, who's starting off to not just be a one trick pony. I wanted to I wanted to offer something of value to employers and have more personal satisfaction about learning about marketing start to finish. So understanding the why behind, you know, why am I putting this commercial here? Why am I doing that? And so um, I worked in sales. So I worked in media sales. Uh, I worked as a client side marketer. I worked um, at advertising agencies um, and then um I've worked in brand management also. So learning how to bring a product for, to life from concept to commercialization. So I've kind of done it all. Um, so that's kind of how I got into marketing because I, I realized, I like to think of myself as being a little forward thinking and realizing if you're just doing the same thing over and over and you don't push yourself to grow, you're never going to get better at what you're doing. Definitely. And um, so that's how I got into it. That is really cool. Well, and you kind of preaching the, you know, like the the kind of the nice thing about having the diversity and skill sets, uh, you know, the learning different things, trying to, you know, figure out your way is like totally uh, has been one of the things I've really appreciated about, you know, my path too. Um, mm -hmm. all the skills you pick up, you know, you never know what you might want to dig into even more. And, uh, and I, I definitely, I feel like, uh, the amount of, um, creative opportunities at agencies and kind of in the digital realm and the traditional realm on ad side is just like, there's so many, you know, there's just so many cool things you could be doing. So I guess, you know, definitely being a part of, uh, 314 digital, uh, you know, that, that is, uh, that is definitely cool. And, you know, I myself is certainly, you know, consider myself part of the digital realm, yep. but I know that you do a lot to help bridge the gap between, uh, you know, kind of digital and traditional and demystify those kind of things for people. So, um, what would you say are maybe some of the misconceptions about, you know, the difficulty of engaging in, in like, you know, TV and radio, um, that you could help, you know, kind of dispel those myths. Sure. So going back to what I just said about learning to buy media by hand when there's so few choices, 
back in the day, TV shows would get these huge ratings every week. So for example, in 1983, that is before I started doing this, but Dallas, the show Dallas Who Shot JR, it was getting a 25 rating. That's like that's huge. You know, primetime shows now, TV shows are lucky to get a two or a three right now. I mean, it's like, it's crazy. And that's because of all the fragmentation of all the, you know, the choices. And especially if you're um, a new digital marketer and you're, you know, in your early 20s, this is how all you've ever known, you know, this and you're not used to understanding, you know, how things work together. Um, but deeply media savvy people know that there's still a lot of life left in traditional media channels. Um, Procter & Gamble, I believe, a few years ago, um, really cut back significantly on their digital media because they realized that they were missing the mass audience that they were get because there's so, there's so many choices on digital to pick from. And um, so they started to pull back a little bit and focus more on some of the traditional media channels. Um, I know one, a couple of facts I can share with you. Um, 88% of people 18 plus are reached by local radio every week and wow. they listen to over 11 hours of radio. So, um, you know, regardless of all the choices that you have, there's really nothing that can reach, reach the, uh, reach of broadcast. So, you know, the old saying that man can't live on bread alone. Well, I believe that because when you surround people with messaging, they, they're like helper media. So they help. They help each other work better because of all that fragmentation. So, um, you know, my long answer to your short question was um, there there's so many opportunities with the traditional channels with their digital counterparts. A lot of the TV and radio stations have got um, a digital aspect to them. So you've heard of second screen watching. So you'll be watching a show. You want to look something up. So you grab your phone or your tablet and you can, you know, look it up right then. There's some interactive commercials where you can actually, you know, in the middle of watching a Jeep commercial, you know, click on it and go right to their website and build your own Jeep, you know, things like that. So I think there's a lot of opportunity and the, the traditional media channels are learning to grow and evolve to help um, bridge that gap. Cool. I, you know, I couldn't agree more on the side of like, you know, maybe loading up the digital budget, you know, almost too much uh, mm -hmm. people growing more and more into digital ads and definitely down, you know, kind of like the CPC route. And I mean, like, certainly, you know, uh, it, it can be a, a well supported channel and you can obviously do great things with like, you know, Google and, uh, and, and, and putting out, out, you know, great ads on digital channels. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we've seen that spend increase. Maybe, you know, not all the time you see the ROI increase. And I, I think there's also an advantage of like, you know, the number of touches that it takes to actually reach a person. So absolutely, yep. you speaking right to that is like, you know, surrounding somebody with your branding, your messaging. I mean, really, unless you're, you're, you know, reaching them at multiple different points, you may not be communicating with your audience wherever, you know, they are. So I, I, I definitely, that is nice to be able to still have those, you know, opportunities and certainly to still, you know, reach that kind of vast of an audience. Right. And, you know, so many people don't have like a huge giant budget. So you have to be really smart with your choices. Right. So you want to you want to surround people with this stuff. But you also don't want to spread your your marketing dollars too thin just because you, you know, oh, I, I love YouTube and we should be on Hulu and we should do this and do that. Sometimes you need to rein people's expectations back and focus your efforts on where your target audience really is. So just because you can do something doesn't mean you necessarily should. And I think that's one of the um, the things that a good media and marketing person will help um, 
manage that expectation for clients on, you know, the best way to reach their target, because there's so many research tools that can help you identify. Um, there's so many, um, you know, first party data that you can marry with third party data to really reach your target. And so, you know, being really mindful of using those tools to, um, to keep your marketing plan where it needs to be, as opposed to just spreading it out, like, you know, spray and pray kind of thing. So definitely. That's great. Well, you know, this, the, the next question I have for you is kind of something that I'm actually really personally curious about. It's, uh, it's something that, uh, as you know, I, I am a subscriber to YouTube TV and, mm -hmm. uh, and I, I, you know, I've been a cord cutter quote unquote, or, you know, for a while, but you know, now that I am subscribed to a billion different other things, I, and they're all, you know, disparate and have their own, you know, sort of way of operating. I don't, I don't know if I'm really saving anything at the end of the day, but anyway, regardless of all that, uh, I, I am a subscriber and, you know, I've, you know, certainly see the gaps in those broadcasts where there's, you know, no commercial, it'll say, you know, we'll be right back. So it seems like obviously there's, you know, uh, a lot of opportunity for those like, you know, kind of services to be showing more ads and maybe even pretty cost effectively. But is there anything that you can speak to about, you know, services like that? Um, you know, and how you put your brand, uh, you know, on those kind of services. Sure. So really quickly, though, just because I don't know, um, like about your listeners and how, you know, how savvy they are. Um, just want to talk about OTT versus VOD versus CTV, because a lot of people use those terms interchangeably. They're easily confused. And they all sound very similar. So OTT, just for everybody, is related to how the content is delivered, which is over the internet, stands for over the top. And that's the video content that's served to viewers in places like Hulu and Sling and Tubi. And then VOD, video demand, is uh, video on demand is related to how the content is accessed by consumers, you know, that. And then finally, CTV is the device that viewers use to access the content. So um, like Xbox or PlayStation, Roku, um, you know, that kind of stuff. So just wanted to kind of level set that because a lot of people use those terms interchangeably. That was the best description I think I've uh, gotten of them in one place. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, you know, again, I'm, I'm a fact-based marketer. Um, about 80% of homes have at least one smart TV, which is, you know, kind of cool. Um, we have two in our house um, and connected TV is used about half of the population. So like right now I'm sitting here, I've got my TV on in my office and I'm watching this channel called Excite and it's all 80s music videos. Like there's probably three other people that are watching it right now, but there are commercials running on this, you know, um, but it's 80s music and it's something I like that I can't get anywhere else. Um, so the one of the other kind of fun facts about all this is that um, the biggest growth in this these platforms, especially during the pandemic is from older users, 35% um, of over 65 have a connected TV. It's up 7%. And users between 50 and 65 grew even more strongly up to 9% uh, reach to 49%. So that's like where that's my age group. So uh, we're adopting technology. I'm not on the I'm not at the end end of that age group, but, um, you know, in the in the early 50s. Um, but in any event, um, OTT advertisements can broadcast these unique messages to individual users based on the data that they're generating using these streaming services. So they, you know, they have information about you. So when I'm watching my 80s music videos, these really are spots that are, you know, coming to me that mean something to me in my life stage right now. So it's, you know, kind of cool. 
streaming services do offer um, contracts to uh, advertisers and they can choose where to place advertisements in a programmatic way. And um, I think, you know, my best advice is for people who want to get involved in that is to use a trusted partner um, who has the relationships with the ma these managed services and who can make a really strong recommendation on the networks to use, what the frequency should be. Um, so there, again, there's, there's a lot of ways to get your spots on TV, but I like using a, a trusted partner for that. Cool. That sounds good. And, uh, are you down with OTT? Yeah. You, you know, know me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I couldn't help it. I'm sorry. Neither could I. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, that is, that's really good to know because I do, I feel like that's like something that's almost under leverage and obviously is like, it continues to gain more, you know, traction. More people are obviously cord cutting, you know, every day. I feel like, you know, uh, obviously more and more spots, but yeah, using a trusted partner, uh, to help, you know, kind of put your brand in those places and leverage yep. that data in order to like get it to the right people is, is, is cool. And, uh, yeah. And I, 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 I definitely, I feel like there's even a lot of, uh, opportunity for people we work with to, to potentially use that too. Um, you know, as we talked about multiple touches being really important for, you know, obviously utilizing, um, you know, the, these kind of traditional, you know, media resources and stuff other than multiple touch points, why do you think it's, you know, very important that, you know, people keep traditional as a part of the marketing mix and plan? Sure. Well, I, I firmly believe that traditional media is not dead in 2022. I don't think it's, you know, going away at all. And I know that you said other than multiple touch points, but honestly, a well thought out marketing strategy really should have some form of traditional advertising alongside these digital platforms that you choose to advertise on. I, re I really do. Um, so you may think that leaving traditional mediums out of your media plan is best, but I really don't think that's the case. Um, so the traditional channels remain really important, um, especially to target an older demographic. And sadly to say, I am an older demographic. Um, they still see traditional media as one of the most reliable sources of online news and, and media outlets, um, local radio personalities. You know, there's there's something to be said for being able to have, you know, somebody that you've grown up listening to talk about a product and give a personal endorsement. Uh, I've used that personal endorsements on radio a lot, and they're hugely successful, especially on more um, on really niche type radio stations like a conservative talk, for example. I mean, I can't even tell you how well endorsements work in a in an area like that. Um, so. You know, all in all, I think that the best way to reach consumers, especially, you know, people who've got the money, um, like, you know, an older 45 plus demographic is to use the traditional in conjunction with the um, the other digital media platforms. Great. Yeah. So uh, just make it part of the mix. And, and that way you'll you'll get kind of uh, more bandwidth out of everything. Absolutely. It, it really helps extend your reach there. That's cool. Okay. And, um, you know, as, uh, I, I certainly know people will always tout like the ability for digital to be tracked and that is, you know, oh, well, you know, uh, th this is why we go there because, you know, I, I know that I can, uh, attribute, you know, this conversion to this, you know, person who went to the site the first time, the second time, and then they came back and made a purchase and digital is just, you know, kind of wonderful for that. Uh, but, you know, uh, how how do you think, you know, the traditional platforms have kind of adapted or, you know, made uh, itself, um, you know, how has 
tracking kind of evolved as, as well on the traditional side? Sure. So um, in full transparency, I worked for um, a radio or I should say a media company, which um, was really at the forefront of tracking and attribution for um, traditional radio, like terrestrial radio. And they had done a lot of work with analytics. So installing um, tracking on people's Google Analytics and then matching up the radio spots and showing the amount of web traffic that went up after each radio spot aired. So, you know, I think, you know, the traditional media understand that they need to be able to show how their um, their programs are working as well. And I really applauded them for doing that. And as a former buyer, you know, I was at the time I was selling, but as a former buyer, I said, boy, this is really cool. And I think a lot of people would love to be able to see the results. Um, but that said, there's so many ways to slice and dice data. I mean, you can come up with every, you know, possible statistic, kind of like a baseball game, you know, and on Sundays at one, this guy, you know, hits, you know, 300, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, it's great to have it to make informed decisions and learn more about customers. But, you know, you've heard the old saying, first, do no evil. Well, it's true. It's great to have these ads target things I'm interested in. But here's a real world example I'll give you. So I was shopping for a baby present for a baby shower. Um, I'm in my 50s, so I'm not the target by any stretch of the imagination. And not only did, did I start getting retargeted for baby stuff all the time, then I started getting emails with subject lines like you're expecting or, you know, based on our calculations, your due date is, you know, I'm like, wait just a second. So I think just because you can measure something doesn't mean that you necessarily have to. Um, but I'm just really of the mindset that it's important to get the data and make informed decisions. But if you, if you make every decision on a click, you know, trying to adjust a click through rate by a 10th of a percent, you know, are you really making the most use out of your money and your time, you know? Um, so yeah. use it, use it um, to do good. Definitely. Yeah. It, it can certainly wind you down a rabbit hole uh, to where, you know, sometimes you get blinded by the data or that data is, you know, not necessarily always the full picture. Uh, so I, I, I certainly I understand, you know, like uh, as uh, you know, we look at data all the time and, you know, we're certainly, you know, uh, trying to understand what people are doing on websites. They may be doing that because of what you have put in place in front of them as opposed to yep. what you kind of want them to do. So like, yeah, some of uh, the understanding doesn't have to just come uh, from the story that's being told through that data. Uh, and I, I definitely, I like the idea of kind of like looking at the bigger picture and not getting too lost in that. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's so important to have it. Um, you know, some of my experience sometime is that it's sometimes people are just checking the box. Like, yes, I've got my reporting for this month and they, put it in a file folder and, you know, and never look at it again. And so I, I, I want to make sure that when um, brands in particular are asking for reporting, that they're really looking at it and trying to understand it from a brand perspective, that they're using it to inform their creative to, you know, to learn more about their, uh, their consumers and what they're, you know, doing with it. So. I guess I will, I'll put out there, you know, from our standpoint, we're always advocating that in traditional media, you know, people consistently use like, um, short links, you know, Hey, if there is a link that you True. know you want people to go to, to your website, you can always do that. 
Um, that can always help, uh, as we saw famously in the Super Bowl. Uh, I think it was uh, Coinbase or something that had used a QR code on their ad, and then their website yep. crashed. So that was hilarious. Uh, and and you know, there's definitely there's ways to use tracking that method. But I also will say that you know we worked with a, a bariatric facility here that uh, had been um, running TV, and uh, literally what you said is like you know every single time you can look at the analytics the lift was just crazy when they'd start running the TV ad and, uh, yep. and it, it did, it made a big impact and, uh, and, and certainly gained a lot of brand visibility as, as well as actual like leads and people coming to them. I, I do want to talk about, um, your kind of role at 314 digital because it is really cool. And obviously I, I feel like, you know, uh, St. Louis needs, uh, you know, something like this. So I, I would love for you to, you know, maybe explain more about, you know, what the organization does and kind of your role in the organization too. Well, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to talk about it. 314 Digital is something that is near and dear to my heart. Um, it is an organization that's dedicated to creating events that foster education and career development in the digital marketing space. So we're a 100% volunteer board and I serve as the VP of education and also as the panel moderator. So we provide three educational panels per year and then a, um, a fabulous party at the end of the year, um, which is under the guise of, you know, agencies showcasing their work, but we have a, you know, a great time um, where we all kind of come together and, and celebrate all the wonderful um, accomplishments from all the agencies who are doing great digital work. Um, so our last panel, for example, was one about the, import, the importance of the collaboration between creatives and media team and how they work together um, and as it relates to digital media. Because, you know, a lot of times, you know, if you're using a mobile, um, a mobile ad, a 300 by 50, you know, like a really sm small, small ad, and I'll get a I'll get it back from creative and it'll have so much stuff that you can't even read it. It's so small and, you know, making sure they understand what does it really look like? And, you know, what are you trying to achieve and how many clicks does it need to get to where you're going? So that was a great panel. We have a panel normally that has a creative person on it, a vendor partner, a media person, a brand person. So we like to get lots of different perspectives for everybody, for all the panels that we do. So our next panel is actually on June 1st, and it's at Zach downtown on Olive in the Cransburg Arts Center. And um, we like to keep um, top of mind topics that interest our digital marketers. So our one on June 1st, that's sponsored by Spotify. And so the panel is going to be talking about streaming audio and all the different things that, that we know. So, you know, I... I think I know about Spotify and streaming audio, but what's going to be great is as I'm doing the research for my questions as the panel moderator, I know I'm going to, you know, find some questions that I hadn't thought about. And then when I ask the panelists, you know, their answers are amazing because you'll get one point of view from your brand marketer, one from your creative person. And you're like, wow, I didn't even think about that. And then our audience, you know, the people that come to 314 Digital, which by the way, you don't have to join, you just show up. But our audience at 314 Digital, they're such smart marketers in St. Louis, and they ask some really good questions that, you know, that I didn't even think of, you know, and really challenge people's thinking. So all you have to do if you want to um, come to a panel is head over to 314digital.com to get on our mailing list, and we'll keep you up to date on all the panels and the topics. And there's also free breakfast, which is good. So we, we start um, about 8.30 and over by 10. And so, you know, people can start their morning, um, tell their boss it's, professional development because it is um, and you know come out learning something new 
We also, 314 Digital, I'm the VP of Education, I should be talking about this. We sponsor a paid internship at Elasticity every year too. So, you know, that's one of the things that, again, being an educational panel, we're trying to encourage people that are going to school, hey, you don't have to go to Kansas City or Chicago or New York to be have a great digital career. You can stay here and like learn from the best. So yeah, I, I feel like uh, the more sharing of ideas that we can do, especially as we do, we have this amazing talent pool, uh, really just making sure that, you know, everybody uh, is aware of that, you know, certainly of like the diverse ideas and opinions and stuff that we all have uh, really bringing that all together. sounds like it's honestly, it's great for the city. So I really appreciate that. Um, you know, and as you mentioned, I guess you, you, you know, had quite a few, um, you know, education panels and like, you know, lessons you've learned, uh, you know, what, what are some of your favorite that you feel like you've walked away from, uh, you know, uh, 314 digital with? Yeah. So I'm not trying to be evasive on this question, but honestly, I love them all. And since <laughs> our, since our panels, you know, have a variety of people that are, you know, part of the panel, like I mentioned, a, a vendor a creative, a media person, a brand, we really get to hear about all the new technology. And I think just in general, I always walk away learning about something new, a new way to target, a new way to put, to put together um, a campaign, a new way to measure things. Um, the way brands are using platforms in different ways and uh, real life examples of how daring brand marketers are and stretching the limits to, to reach people. I think that's, that's the thing that I love coming away with this. Like, wow, that was really cool. And I'm inspired to do something a little out of the box. Yeah, that's, it's great to when you're, I don't know, you, you get people constantly going to conferences in other cities, you get, you know, people who are like, you know, attending online conferences, but to be able to be there in person and in our city and get that kind of like, you know, interesting information. Uh, cool. I'll definitely, I'm, I'm gonna, it's on my list to go to the next one. So absolutely. <laughs> cool. Well, um, you know, and, and I guess my, my last, you know, question here kind of wrapping, you know, things up is like, you know, as an active board member, somebody who's, you know, very committed to, you know, the growing level of talent here, uh, you know, what are you proud of within the community and, and what are your kind of aspirations for, you know, the, the kind of advertising marketing community in St. Louis? Sure. So I'll, I'll tell you what, I was born, raised and will die in St. Louis. Um, I live in Wildwood, mm -hmm. but I think, <laughs> but I think everybody collectively refers to St. Louis as, as our hometown. And I'm, I'm so proud of this community. Um, it's great to see so many companies that have their headquarters here. The amount of talent is just so, it's crazy. It, it, I mean, some of the smartest people I've ever worked with, you know, live and work in St. Louis. So that's why I'm, I'm super excited to remind people that we have this group of dedicated marketers that are really making things happen. And I would love to kind of evolve our organization, our, you know, our 314 Digital to continue to offer educational examples. Uh, Examples like helping people who want to get into digital marketing, maybe small business owners who aren't professional marketers, but say, you know what, here's how you set up your Google Analytics and here's how you can read some basic reports and the things that you should be looking for, you know, giving them some um, just some help in, in educating people. Um, I think, you know, working for the American Association of Orthodontists, um, did you know that Orthodonta started in St. Louis? It really, really? did. And yes, it did. Um, in 1900 and the headquarters has been here ever since. Um, so, you know, having a headquarters for, um, for big companies here who are 
dedicated, like American Association of Orthodontists, in having 100% digital. That's what we do. Um, and being very forward thinking. It's really, um, it's really cool to have that. And so um, I just want to to continue to grow people's excitement and um, their education and learning what they can do and how um, how to reach people. That's that's awesome. And uh, being born and raised in St. Louis, uh, I, tr I try to every chance I get uh, tout how awesome our city is and how much talent and really how many amazing things are here. It's not just about the free museums. I get it. We have free museums. Right. Free zoo. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hear people say that all the time and I'm like, yes, it's good, but it's about more than that. But you know, I, I really do. I, I totally appreciate that. And I think the more that we can, you know, kind of highlight and prop up, you know, all the amazing things we have here, the better, uh, you know, and, and actually maybe I'll, I'll take a second to give a shout out to, uh, you know, as you mentioned, you know, getting, you know, people into advertising and marketing is a huge, uh, you know, thing trying to get, you know, more, uh, you know, sort of talent into the pool, uh, is great. And actually, uh, one of my friends, Dan Paris, uh, I guess, shout out to him and his organization continuity. Uh, they help, you know, expanding diversity and media production and, uh, you know, getting people into, uh, uh, you know, film and, uh, in media production, uh, that, that is really cool. And, you know, right here in St. Louis, uh, trying to get more people in the talent pool there and especially people, uh, diverse people. And so really, honestly, there's just so many things that I feel like is just, is really important about, uh, you know, this city, what we're doing and where we're going to, uh, and, and I, I look forward to that. And it's so great that you're a part of, propping people up and, and expanding people's minds on all of this stuff. So is there anything else that you feel like you want to, you know, kind of uh, throw out there or any other sort of shout outs that, that you feel like you want to put out there? Yeah. yeah. Well, first of all, thank you um, to you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, I guess I just want to remind people that, you know, expand your horizons, keep thinking about, you know, cool and different ways to, to reach people and, um, you know, never stop learning. Awesome. Uh, Jill, it's been a pleasure. I seriously, I really appreciate you, uh, taking the time to, you know, like kind of join us, tell us all about, you know, the, the things that you've been doing and, uh, and definitely I, I cannot wait to, yeah, come to, uh, to, to one of the, uh, the talks at, at 314 digital. I, uh, am certainly looking forward to, uh, hopefully interacting with you, uh, a lot more here in the near future and stuff as we, talk about uh, all sorts of digital things in the St. Louis area, but definitely uh, thank you so much for joining me and uh, I appreciate it. Uh, and, and, and yeah, hopefully we can do this again. Thanks Brent. Yeah. This has been another episode of mix and matchbox. Uh, I have been here with Jill Gaynor and I am Brent Feldman. Thank you very much. We'll be back with more content.